0: Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast, we're your weekly comic book reading club where just like Sue Storm, we love us a good read. It's the week of NYCC! And we're here. Yeah. Never yell calamity,
1: Charlie. NYCC. Oh, wow. that How for. How about that? It's just a coincidence, it's in New York. Yeah interesting uh let's just get this out of the way because i know vargas is about to pop mm. there's a new james bond book coming mm. out okay written by garth ennis by my boy garth he can, Ennis. he can officially die <laughs> i'm so stoked It's man. on dynamites it's, it's uh i'm pretty
2: pumped too it's gonna be a good series right, yeah cool i haven't I, I haven't even had the wherewithal to look
0: and see who's doing art doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: Doesn't matter. I've already pre ordered. It can be every coverages.
0: <laughs> That's true. Is do we know if it's a mini or not? Yeah. They're, a, all, they're, they're all self contained, like okay. five or six issues. Yeah. 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 Which is perfect for a Bond series. Oh, for sure. You want little
1: taste of his of his adventures. Yeah,
2: I don't need to see Bonds downtime. <laughs> you know?
1: Just playing online solitaire. Online baccarat. I for Q to call them. Yeah. I don't need any of that. Any jobs, darling? No? <laughs> okay. Well,
2: let me check in at the office. No thanks. <laughs> Guess yeah. they used him this PTO. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty jazzed about it, especially considering that he's done so many like Bond adjacent mm-hmm. things, like Jimmy's Bastards. Yeah, right.
1: Um, Which is basically yeah, it's basically an a way, to Bond and yeah, Austin Powers, and way all those over
2: spots. the top James yeah, Bond, yeah, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see what he does with the the title proper.
1: Yeah.
0: Did you ever read Illegitimate's? Yeah, yes. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. If anyone doesn't know, uh, Taryn Killam, who used to be on Saturday Night Live, wrote a book that was like what what happened with all these women James Bond slept with and yeah. he's got like six or seven kids out there that get together and find him.
1: There's
2: a guy that And they form like a like a super team, right? I think they pro- yeah.
0: yeah, they form a team. I'm surprised <laughs> that like that book was I think that was on Addie It was really well done. Got great
1: reviews. I'm surprised he hasn't written anything else. Well, he wrote a couple f-
2: volumes of illegitimates. It's got, like, a couple series. I
1: don't know, but, like... But, like, beyond that? Yeah, like, yeah.
0: he didn't go to Marvel or do an image book or I, DC. He, I've seen his name pop up on some of those, like, anthology things mm-hmm. where they have different, like... Well, it's almost like a stunt thing where, like, yeah, this person wrote, like, a three-page story. Oh, okay. I think he's done some of that.
1: And he's also still... Very much an actor <laughs> yeah, and writer. Like, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure he's busy with other Man. stuff.
0: Uh, Single Parents was one of my favorite oh TV shows. Oh, my God. It, it was, was really so good. so good. I was so bummed that got canceled. Okay, so it did get canceled. Yes. Because
1: I know that it ended on a weird cliffhanger. Huge cliffhanger, yeah. And then it just never came back. That sucks. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so three people, like the three leads from that movie are in the, like, is it like a River Wild remake or something? What? Um Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam. Um Ray the, Romano's brother. No, uh. <laughs> what's the 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 guy who was on um the OC?
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about.
0: Yep. And then the love interest on uh Leighton Meester. hmm The three of them are in uh some like Canoe, whitewater rafting movie remake. Okay, and I Deliverance. Deliverance. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it's Deliverance. It should. It, it would one hundred percent not be Deliverance. Deliverance is such a fucking weird movie. It is. A I don't terrible know. Movie. I think it's a bad movie too. It's like I know it's like it is considered a, a classic, but it's hard to watch. Yeah,
1: on it's purpose. Good. I know. On, you think it's good? Yeah. Ugh. There are some things in that movie that I cannot
0: unsee i like i don't they're... think it's bad for that reason i just think it's like a poorly paced movie that like okay that i'll agree with yeah
2: <laughs> i like that they're business guys and at the end of the movie they're like we never talk about this
1: again right yeah. yes that is like yeah it's like a
2: bachelor party gone wrong yeah
1: this is like we don't talk about okay it a lot
2: of people died yeah. and we're not going
1: to talk yeah, about and it The guy that's cool like a pig is like yeah totally <laughs> that'd be great yeah uh well so we got that uh, Andy's excited for James Bond yes yeah. let's stick with the Dynamite train uh not to be shown up by Image and Skybound Dynamite has released that they are going to be dropping in 2024 new Thundercats mm-hmm. new Powerpuff Girls yep new Wizard of Oz yes um and it's like Care Bears or something uh, we Ca- we bear bears it's a Cartoon Network Aha. uh TV show we. Bear- It's a, We Bear Bears was like, it featured a polar bear, a brown bear, and a panda bear living together in a cave. And they're all naked. It was bears. it was all very, very Uh funny. And then there was someone else that, uh, the Flintstones is getting another comic book. That's right. I hope they bring Mark Russell back. He wrote that first volume, right? Yeah. I want to bring that. Interestingly enough, most of those books, DC had the licensing to, but I guess didn't either pick it up or lost it to... Dynamite,
0: yeah. What was the deal there? They bought like all the Hanna Barbera stuff, I think. Yeah, and some Warner Brothers. Or Warner stuff. Brothers owned and, all the Hanna Barbera and some stuff. Some
1: Disney stuff too, because yeah. Dynamite is releasing gargoyles and Darkwing Duck stuff, right? Which is a Disney property. Yep. So they must have. I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works, but Dynamite is really doubling down on its. Uh, yeah, licensed properties.
0: Disney owns Marvel and IDW.
1: They own IDW. Yes, by proxy, I think. Interesting.
0: Oh, maybe it's by proxy. They both release Star Wars comics. Yeah, IDW does like Star Wars comics for kids. Yeah, the mm-hmm. adventures stuff. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to be buying any of this stuff.
1: I'm going to buy Thundercats for sure. Declan Shalvey is writing the uh, Thundercats. Thundercats, one.
0: Thundercats. Oh, that's interesting.
1: And that's and like that's kind of what Dynamite does. Like. Yeah. We've seen this happen with uh, Vampirella and Dejah Thora. Mm-hmm. Like they get these like crazy, and uh, Red Sonia. They get these crazy creators on these books that you're just like, really? Like Mark Russell's on Red Sonia? Okay, well, I guess I'll check that out. And it's yeah. like it, to, to, to Dynamite, they don't really care if it goes anywhere because they're gonna sell out all these covers. You know, the the black and white, the all red. Co- like it doesn't really matter to them, but it is. So, Interesting to see.
0: Well, so yeah, so we're talking about all these properties that were made for kids in the '80s. Is Darkwing Duck or Gargoyles like written for adults
2: now? Dude, the first issue of Gargoyles was so horny.
1: Was it really?
0: It was very horny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so horny.
1: And I think like it That's like, funny. Gargoyles was never a kids. It wasn't like oh a, a come kid, on. It was a. It was a. Cartoon morning, Saturday morning show. Yes, yeah, it It wasn't like adult, like, but it wasn't like like, a preteen show. It wasn't like Tiny Toons or anything. Yeah, Yeah. like, you definitely had your own locker at school if you were watching that. You weren't like in Cubby Town. Okay, you had feelings about stuff. Yeah, watching Gargoyles. Gargoyles, they have lore. They have you know, uh, 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 cyborgs from the future. Mm -hmm, This is some mm -hmm. grown up kid shit. All right. And then you turn on street Sharks. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then but Darkwing Duck is for kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if like moving f- like all those new things are like the thing that DC did with all those properties was like yes, what if these were like noir crime thrillers but with all these like classic characters, right?
1: And it made them great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it was kind of fun to see uh, Snagglepuss be like a private PI, mm-hmm. like um, but.
2: Hey, don't forget they made Tom King crossover over fun with Batman. They also did that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's bat season.
1: (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Uh, I don't think Dynamite will be doing that. Let's just get that out of the way. (sighs) If only. I think they'll be towing the line pretty hard because uh, I don't know if they saw the success of the Skybound Transformer stuff or they just needed to re-up their IP (laughs) licensing contract and they just needed to make these, but... Um, I mean, the interesting thing is the Wizard of like a Wizard of Oz comic like that. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird, mm. especially when David
2: Pepos has already done it. Like a lot of people perf- have affected yeah. done yeah. it
0: really well. Who writes Alice Never After? Somebody good. Yeah.
1: Thank you for quizzing me right on the spot. I don't know who writes it. Yep. But anyway, so look forward to that, friends of uh, the show and fans of nostalgia. Dynamite in 2024 has you covered <laughs> Thundercats will be featured on the show <laughs>
0: yeah. I've, I've I think od- well
1: I'll, I will probably cover all of them on the show sure
0: I think I've OD'd on the nostalgia thing at this point
1: uh, you say that now but I think that something will come along you'll be like eh, hey, re- get-
2: remember how jazz you were about Stranger Things Ninja Turtles
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was me actually oh I and mean, it was good it was Actually, <laughs> really good uh, so some more NYCC stuff Uh as of Thursday, anyway, rapper Kid Cudi drops news of his first comic based on the hidden story behind his music. It'll be releasing uh, on Image Comics in January 2024. I didn't know that there was a hidden message behind Kid Cudi's music, so... Can't wait to buy the David Mack foil variant. <laughs> the old metal foil variant. Uh, I think Coheed and Cambria kind of did the same thing with yeah. their albums, uh, conceptual retellings of their albums. So, did the weekend? We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about the weekend comic book because it was not good. All right, I got one
2: while you're looking. Yep, yeah, go for it. Did you guys hear about Ghost Machine? No. The new, new creator owned uh, imprint? I just saw it right here. So, the only reason I bring it up so, the creators that are the founding members. Jeff Johns, Brad Meltzer, Jason Fabuk, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipole, Peter J. Tomasi, and Madel Zekut. What's bananas
0: is Old dudes.
2: Well, all those guys are going to be exclusive to Ghost Machine once they fi- finish their current stuff. Oh, okay, but Ghost Machine. Exclusive. But
1: Ghost Machine's through Image Comics, though. Right. I'm just I'm just Still. trying to clarify here. Like
2: Jeff Johns isn't going to be writing any more DC. Wow. Brad Meltzer isn't going to be drawing any more DC. Peter J. Tomasi,
1: like yeah, these are for like a year, for like two years maybe, until the contract's up.
2: I mean, these are big names. Like... These are big names, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and like this is going to uh, spill out from like the Junkyard Joe and like Geiger stuff, right? Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see because this, I mean, the same thing as the um, Distillery. People, it's just like, hey, we're all buddies in the industry and mm-hmm. we're all like creative powerhouses who say like, if you're a James Tinian type or a, I'm trying to think of some of the other distillery people. Rom V. Rom V. You are the sort of writers who have, or or artists in the case of the artists, who have enough fans mm-hmm. that it's like, I'll just automatically buy whatever you create. And if they move to these publishers or imprints that they say i'm just doing all of my stuff here now like i think it'll be interesting to see in like three or four years if all the talent that you're gaga for finds that that works and they start doing it all themselves versus um writing for a, a larger publisher but i think it's tougher too because you've got all these people who it's like it's my dream job to write Batman yeah, or right. or like oh my god, you know, writing a run on Spider-Man is an absolute honor. So I I don't think that the big two will ever have a problem. No. But maybe once you really establish yourself at some point, you decide you're ready to graduate to your own thing if you want to write creator owned things.
1: For sure. Well, we see that all, all like Mark Millar has one. Sean Murphy has one. Well, we see
0: it all. So we see that individually all the time, right? We don't see these large collective groups that have added security and like maybe a collected universe together. You're right. And we don't see any of those people being like, "We're not going to write." Well, Rick Remender just did it at other publishers. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but Remender's like still just one guy. Yes, right.
1: But he's also bringing in other people to help. I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Like, a collective is not being formed. Uh, the
0: collective is the point of the conversation. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and that they're exclusive to it, yeah. I think, is a really interesting caveat. Yeah. Like, imagine if all the distillery people were like, "We're only going to write distillery stuff." Only writing stuff. this, yeah. That would be a fucking bombshell. Yeah.
0: And it, and it, I think maybe in a few years, maybe that happens. Yeah. It mi- they might. Maybe they see these things that image with that collective go really well. And they're like, okay, our distillery stuff sold really well, and people are just like buying every distillery release. Let's just well, I could certainly move our shit over here.
2: I could certainly see them signing people to exclusive contracts uh-huh. for sure. But to be like all these people, all these huge names from the get go are yeah. exclusive—that's just wild. Yeah, I could not believe it.
0: It'll be it'd be interesting to see. What the like, how the money works out there? I mean, I'll I I won't have any insight in how the money works out, but it just makes you curious as to like, you know, do you have someone who's like maybe a little more of a powerhouse in your collective? Yeah, his name is Jeff Johns. Yeah, it's like Jeff. Everyone's <laughs> buying the Jeff Johns stuff, and is like, is he getting more ownership? Is right. he salty because he's not getting as he's good because he has equal ownership as everyone else? Like that that stuff's going to be really tricky.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's tough for me to say that that's going to be like the new trend. Like th- with this that's happening right now is like all the characters in this collective like are all in the same universe. Like it'd be different if like it was like a distillery thing where it's high profile creators in a collective that are like writing their own separate stories with no uh attachment. But with this one, I think it's just they want to expand the geiger universe wider and so they're just like linking up for one or two years to see what they can make because i think like a movie or a tv show is coming out from is it really yeah from the the jeff johns book Hmm. so
2: well whatever peter j tomasi puts out i'm picking up because i love that
1: dude yeah uh, last bit of news that I have here, DC Elseworld is coming back. Hell yeah. It is recently announced that uh, six new titles will be flagship for 2024 release, and they are Gotham by Gath's Light, The Kryptonian Age, Batman the Barbarian, Dark Knights of Steel All Winter, Green Lantern Dark, Batman Nightfire, and DC Verse Vampires World War V. Just to clarify, that,
2: Dark Knights of Steel book is DC but Vikings. So
1: I'm all win- super fucking stoked on all, that one. The all winter one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those sound really cool. Uh, there's, you know, some returns to some old Elseworld stuff with the uh, uh, Gotham by Gaslight and um, the, the the DC vampire stuff. Like, they, they struck gold with that, so they're going to
0: drain every last. <laughs> ounce of life from it it's cool that they're doing gotham by gaslight because that was the first elseworld book correct yes. so it's kind of like a fun homage to that yeah. yeah i love the idea of it i mean they were all right already writing elseworld books mm-hmm. it's just nice to have like a label on it yeah. so me as a fan can identify like that's this thing sitting over here yeah. right. and it it's more likely to make me go like I'll read up on the synopsis and see what this is before I buy it, Mm -hmm. rather than only buying one issue, being pissed about it, not buying any subsequent issues. I think it's better for everyone to just like understand what you're getting into.
2: What's going to be interesting to me is to see the difference between this Elseworlds stuff and the Black Label stuff. So like, are they going to make a a a more of a differentiation on the black label where it's like that's going to go really hard into the adult theme stuff? Because like,
1: I think black label's already establishing its own universe within itself.
0: Oh, really? They're not going
2: to cross. They don't cross over like with anything. No, but
1: like they're all the kind of the same tone and like, I think Elseworld, they're just like getting to explore different themes, different ideas. Like, but still like closer closer to mainline
2: DC characterizations
1: right yeah but like I, i've always seen the elseworld stuff of just like hey what if batman was a pirate <laughs> and like right like, that's the kind of stuff that i liked about it because like i've gone on record saying that dc does alternate reality elseworld stuff way better than anyone yeah they they really play in that world and I, I i really enjoy it and i think you're right with black label they're leaning more into like it's realistic se- it's
0: serious yeah and more yeah it's more self-serious and, and some of it was just that it was, for a while anyway, I don't know if it's necessarily this way anymore, but for a while it was like, this is more premium format. Like, all, yeah, the, cover, magazine, all the covers yeah. had, like, semi-gloss, and some of them were magazine-sized, mm-hmm. and so it's a little, it's kind of an imprint to do a little more prestige stuff sometimes.
1: Yeah. Like, Elseworld essentially is, in my opinion, more uh, nuanced what-if. Sure. And that's what I, I mean I love yeah. What If and I love Elseworld stuff. Yeah. So this yeah. is a very exciting announcement. It's What for If me. that
0: doesn't have to be contained to a single issue, which right. is like a better scenario. Yeah. yeah. Um I sent you guys a bit of news yesterday, which I don't know if this has been discussed all hell at this point, but the fact that the Daredevil production like full on stopped, mm-hmm. yep. <clears throat> that they're rebooting the reboot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's what's wild to me about that is that they were filming yeah, think about how much money you've put into it at this point. Yeah, to be like, okay, we're pulling the plug and kind of starting over.
1: I, I I think they can probably reuse some of this, like, the like. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they can reuse. They fired all the writers and directors.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, I'm sure they own scenes. the stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, traffic. Char- like, and
2: Charlie <laughs> Cox walking down the street. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They may reuse parts of episodes or even cobble together new episodes out of like other parts of things. But apparently. I think in this newer one, they Daredevil doesn't suit up until the fourth or fifth episode was yeah. kind of the rumor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when the higher-ups saw it, they were just like, what is this? Like, we're already kind it's, of-
1: It's a procedural. It's a, it's a law show. oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're like, well, we already had him show up in She-Hulk as, like, a fun crime fighter guy, and- The Netflix shows have established him already, and those are canon now. So it's like, we shouldn't really be starting over with him as like, here's a law guy, and then he grows his way into Daredevil. Right. So
1: They're going to fuck it up, is what they're doing.
0: You think it's going to be worse than it would have been if they didn't pull the plug on it? I think
1: they're going to not trust the audience to make that connection.
0: To make what connection?
1: That he can be Daredevil, or he can be Matt Murdock for four episodes running a law business and not pop out and be daredevil yeah i know who i know who this character is and it's fun to see him do a real fucking job for once i
2: know especially if like if those first four episodes were him like i don't know say giving up on being a superhero and embracing his catholicism yeah, and deciding that the world doesn't actually need costumed heroes,
1: or him just trying to track
0: down—that's do four episodes, though. Sure, sure. and right. it's or
2: called a, character or growth. a
1: side, uh, a storyline of him trying to track down if the kingpins actually dead. Yeah, like or prosecuting kingpin, like, like build up. That's like having sex on the first date. <laughs> yeah, bro, let it linger. I hate it.
0: <laughs> I think. Kevin Feige mm-hmm. kind of understands what fans like. He is no shit. <laughs> you don't think so? I'm kidding. I'm ki- Kevin, I'm kidding. You know I'm joking. I think he kind of understands the like tone and like what what people didn't like about She-Hulk and what people didn't like about Secret Invasion, but what they really liked about Loki. And I think he probably made an informed decision with his mm-hmm. higher-ups to reformat to like a, a different thing, so I kind of trust that maybe this was like a good move long term I, for... I
1: I also read something and i i i didn't quite understand i don't don't understand it because i don't know how t v development works or whatever but like I guess in phase four they did something different with like how they um Hired creative teams, like they would hire, like a, a, writing... a showrunner. Yeah, they didn't have a showrunner, so everything was like disjointed, and that's why there was like no real cohesiveness in a lot of the shows, and that was the biggest complaint by basically everyone, not inc- including fans and like the executives of of, of Marvel, of just like everything seemed so one scattered off. and yeah. yeah, one off. And I mean that can work with some shows, but like. To have a whole phase built up like that, I don't know if that was like an experiment on you know Feige's end of just like does this make financial sense? Does this make creative sense? But I think like, they're already
0: spending so much damn money on it. It's like do it right, right? Like, yeah. You know, hire the person that's like a proven position.
1: And <laughs> and well now with with the with the writer and actor strike over the the new deal that the writers have now is just like writer's room guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. need a showrunner. We need a like writing room on every show just to make sure that everything makes fucking sense. Did the actor strike end?
2: The actor strike's still going on. The writer okay. strike is over.
1: Okay, so I misspoke. We stand with the uh, actors, I guess.
0: What I was kind of wondering about was like, the, so the writers went on strike, and then the actors went on strike, and everyone was like, nice. Like, not only are the... Sick. <laughs> not only are the... Actors also going to fight for what they want, but they're standing in solidarity with the writers. Correct. And then the writers got their deal, and they were like, Deuces. Back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I Part of me was like, should they have waited for SAG to get their deal? I don't know enough about like unions and striking.
1: I think, well, yeah, I SAG wants know more. Yeah. Because SAG wants better residual pay for actors and, and stuff yeah streaming residuals is a big thing because sure. you know, like it, it came out that like uh one of the examples was the the lead actors for breaking bad don't make yeah
0: residuals for any of the episodes that's they wild make,
1: which is nuts yeah. yeah
0: right so would that have been on tv syndication yeah. which is basically what streamers have yeah. replaced as those channels yes yeah. right. They'd be making buckets of money. It's like, why is it any different?
1: So I think that negotiate ne- that negotiate negotiation
0: is a lot harder. Yeah.
1: To hammer out than uh, I I would imagine a-, a writer's yeah. Negotiation.
0: Interesting. What else did I see? I saw a bunch of Amber Heard. And Jason oh, man. Momoa, Why are Aquaman they even 2. releasing Aquaman 2? <laughs> is Aquaman 2, is it part of the thing that James Gunn came out and was like, here's what's part of the thing and here's what's not part of the thing? Did he even mention Aquaman 2?
2: No. No one gives a shit about Aquaman
1: 2. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Write it off. The big thing that yeah. supposedly is coming out from it is that... <laughs> Jason Momoa will be cast again, but as Lobo. Yeah,
2: that's the rumor. In the
1: James Gunn stuff.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Which that's is, wild. Which is just like, duh, that's what he should have been in the beginning.
2: What they should do is can Aquaman 2 and swap it for that Batgirl movie.
0: Yes, 100%. <laughs> I'm so curious about that thing. I bet it was fucking awesome, and that's why they came I it. I wonder so. if at some point that'll leak.
2: Yeah, somebody needs to steal it from WB. Yeah,
1: where's
0: that Timu code?
1: For real? Stop. <laughs> TikTok. Anyone? Uh we read a, a boatload of comics, so let's get into it. Fucking boatload. Can we just get Army of Darkness out of the way now? Hell yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. So
2: I'll say I'm a huge Army of Darkness fan. Army of Darkness is probably my favorite movie. Uh and Greg brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> brought this to my attention. Uh, before the show that this book might not be for everyone uh,
1: uh, no uh, so the point I was making was so I I like Army of Darkness well enough I know what it is I sure. know the cultural impact of the series and I love Bruce Campbell however this comic book is based off of a alternate ending of a DVD
2: yeah it's it's a it's a sequel to an alternate ending of a movie from 30 years
1: ago. <laughs> and that, I mean, but I still understood what this comic was. Yeah. Because what it is is just Ash in three different time periods. Correct. And that's that's an easy concept to swallow. Yeah. As long as you know that he has a chainsaw for a hand and fights demons, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And he says boomstick. He does. Uh, as a fan of the movie, I did not
2: like, however, that the first, like, 7 pages oh. were just like a recap of the movie. <laughs> okay, so but I needed that. <laughs> no, I know. I <laughs> know. I needed that. But as somebody who's watched the movie like every year for the past 20
1: years, mm-hmm. yeah. I I didn't need that. I felt like it was done well enough where it wasn't like so wordy yeah. and like they they and they the way they panelled it and all that was like kind of cool. So uh yeah, if you're a big Army of Darkness uh fan you can just flip the three pages for sure past that and then get into the what the story is yeah which i guess is just like f- uh ash in the far future uh-huh. 2093 correct ash in the present
2: fighting bad ash well we find out that ash in the present is evil ash e- yes oh right. right Right, right 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 cuz in the past in the middle ages yes. the deadite army resurrects evil Ash mm-hmm. and he travels to the correct time mm-hmm. whereas our good hero Ash sleeps too long mm-hmm. and ends up in the future yes
1: <laughs> so if you're not confused <laughs> you're confused now but it was fun and it's gonna be a hell of a ride I don't know if this is a limited oh it's definitely, definitely a limited yeah there's no way that can be written by Tony Flex which yeah. he's such a killer writer yep so um, it was fun
0: yeah, I had a good time reading That's it. That's a cool concept to just take like, especially for a movie that has like such a rabid cult following. Yeah. Oh my to, god. To yeah. take like a potential ending and, and and spin off of it. I love that idea. Yeah,
2: a- and especially too because this is like the the Army of Darkness comics in the past, like the ongoing series uh-huh. spin off from the theatrical ending yeah which is cool and now it's a fun chance to see like what if mm-hmm. they chose
1: the ending b yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. i've i've always had this like tender soft spot for army of darkness because it was like my first realization of what like a cult movie was because it always seemed like a, a thing that all the kids that wore a lot of black in my school would always talk about in yeah, like, I was junior high and i like i hung out with those people and i was like it was a scary movie to me at the time, so I never watched it because I don't like scary stuff. But, like, everyone would just would rave about what Army of Darkness is, was, and represents. And Bruce Campbell was, like, their god. <laughs> he is. He is a god.
2: Yep. I loved it. 10 out of 10. Would recommend.
1: Uh, uh Did you also read Cap Wolf? I got it right here, baby. Oh, let's talk about that.
2: Okay. Dope.
1: I didn't realize Stephanie Phillips was writing this. Yep. And (laughs) it was a banger. Yeah. So Uh,
2: I'm, I'm a sucker for any world war II cap story just Mm -hmm. from the get go.
1: Yeah. This was definitely just like a medal of honor. Yeah. Howling. Commando, howling commando story.
2: Yeah. It ripped. Um, that's like most of the book Mm -hmm. is captain America teams up with the howling commandos because Sergeant fury, like takes a bullet to the leg or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so they drop in to infiltrate the secret Nazi base and they find werewolves.
1: Yes. That's, That's bread and butter. That is the, <laughs> the, the the meat and potatoes of this story. Yeah. And it's good. It's yeah. super good. Uh, the last panel is Captain America turning into said capwolf wolf. And, uh, I assume from there, it's just going to be more werewolf stuff. That's my guess. There is that weird,
2: like cult lady working with the Nazis mm-hmm. that I was not, privy to her before Mm-mm. uh so that'll be interesting we might get more... is she making the werewolves yeah okay yeah yeah um so we might get more i don't know uh uh paranormal spookiness from her maybe we get nazi vampires maybe we get nazi frankensteins yeah it definitely had like a
1: hellboy kind of yeah. tinge to it yeah
0: correct me if i'm wrong this is ar- this is already a thing right cap wolf yes. yes yeah but
1: but not like this.
0: Okay, this is yeah. like an alternate story than the correct. Okay,
2: because mm-hmm. in in the main line, it's,
0: it's actual canon. He turned into a wolf thing, right? He yeah. turned and into he, a werewolf. And he yeah, formed yeah. the wolf pack.
2: <laughs> correct. Um,
0: not but, a joke. That's what they called
2: it. Yeah, but that was like he he was turned by the whatever. What, what's the stone that uh, Jameson has? The the J Jonah Jameson's kid. Uh-huh. Goes oh, to the, the moon. The moonstone. The moonstone. Like- oh, yeah. yeah, he was turned in because of the moonstone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he like retain the super soldier serum. Let him like retain his like wherewithal. Yeah, wherewithal. And like, I swear, I swear to God, it's like Wolf'sbane had to like teach him how to talk in werewolf form, <laughs> and he fought Wolverine. Mm-hmm. There was a whole like. Wolf centric storyline where yeah. all these wolf esque characters like fought each other. Was this
0: in the eighties?
1: Yeah, Uh-huh. yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It is a litter box. It was wild, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool. I um I also like you know the Medal of Honor like World War Two stories, especially like in like the Marvel DC stuff. They always have fun with it, but uh, <laughs> adding Captain America as a werewolf is just. <laughs> a fun bonus and it's October it's spooky month exactly of course this book's gonna drop at this time yeah and I think Andy you're gonna be dropping some uh Cap Wolf knowledge over on the Patreon yeah I'm I'm working
2: on a retrospective of all like Cap Wolf's appearances oh cool and I'm trying what I need I'm trying to keep (laughs) them somewhat organized it's a little bit difficult because it's tough to figure out like is this the same continuity? Is this whatever? But yeah. yeah,
1: I'll get it figured out and I'll get it up there. Yeah. Patreon.com slash first issue club to see that article when it finally goes up. Yeah. I'll have it done before the end of the month for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh real quick, I read Space You by StansaKai. Um it was not what I expected. He doesn't go to space. He doesn't. <laughs> oh wow space comes to him it starts out with like this <laughs> typical uh usagi story of him in feudal japan uh-huh. fighting and then it ends with um uh an ancestor of usagi in the future um, i'm 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 assuming s- space usagi and his like daughter reading m- uh y- manga about mm-hmm. usagi yujimbo that's dope. And then from there, I think it's going to turn into a space-style story. Yeah. But the first one is very much... It was so disorienting. I'm like, did I read the wrong book? <laughs> yeah. You got the wrong state yeah, cover. Yeah, you like, <laughs> got, staple. Oh, too. shit, I should get this
0: slapped. Um, Stan Sakai, at this point, is like, I don't need to rush this story. <laughs> Honestly, that's 100% true. I've written, like, 500 Usagi books. <laughs> um,
1: But it's still so smoking good. Like, Stan Sakai has just cemented his lane of just like this is my fucking samurai shit and I'm so good at it and every book is a is a banger so that was uh, the other one that I read along with did you read it too? so good the Batman City of Madness City of Madness by Mm. Christian Ward yeah (laughs) dude it was so fucking good it was so good Uh, I didn't know where it was gonna go The, the ending threw me for a loop yeah it's uh, so. It, for context of the story, it is about it's about family, um, and it's about stealing DVD players. Yeah, the court of the court of owls is back. Yep, and Talon's in it, and then we, on a flip of a dime, get this like Eldritch Cthulhu story and like uh, a revenge story about a a son who got uh, his father was killed by a cop. At, By accident or like a mistaken identity and like every theme that you can't possibly imagine working this in in a same singular story christian has put in here and it's all flowing so well yeah
2: here's here's the way i read the book i don't know if this is going to end up being what it is Mm -hmm. what i think happens because there's the the story revolves around the court of owls protecting this door in underground gotham I think that door leads to like bizarro Gotham where it's mm, just like horror. That was
0: kind of the impression I was getting. It's
2: like horror universe Gotham. Yeah. And, and the Cthulhu Batman we see is that version of Batman. Yes. And he has come to get a Robin to get a Robin. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we see a lot of this book revolves around um, uh, Two-Face. Oh getting, my God. Getting like <laughs> messages in his head from a third Two-Face when, mm, and the th- split is, face.
1: is is below it. Like, the split like the... <laughs> he, he's hamburger. Yeah. The, the, the ultra- old hot dog Two-Face, <laughs> he's hamburger Two-Face. Yeah.
2: So there's this, like, third Two-Face that shows up at the end. Uh. Uh, but, I mean, the book is absolutely wild.
1: Yeah. Um, Christian Ward's depiction of Two-Face maybe my favorite yeah. Two-Face depiction. It is, like, just this dissociative disorder, like, back and forth, and, like, the way he draws the the corrupt side or whatever oh it was brilliant yeah. it was so so good
2: yeah and he really uses his art like obviously it's easy to tell when you have like the weird crookedy like speech bubbles mm-hmm. um but he uses the way he draws 2 Face to indicate which persona's in charge mm-hmm. yeah which i think is really interesting right like he right. really exemplifies the weirdness of the messed up side when the messed up side is in charge and vice versa yeah cool anyway
1: it was great and then like so Alfred is really going through it in this yeah. Batman book. He's like the Lovecraft insert character of this
2: book. Yeah. Like reflecting on his h- humanity and like what it means to be a citizen of Gotham, mm-hmm. be in charge of Batman.
1: Yeah. Cause Alfred essentially feels like he is the caretaker of Bruce Wayne who
0: by proxy Gotham City. Yeah. Well, and like yeah.
1: he he's just waiting for that night to hear that Bruce Wayne has finally snapped and goes crazy. And like he is like he's already mourning the fact that he's failed Gotham, yeah. that he's unleashed this beast onto the city. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, "Holy shit. <laughs> Alfred Cosi a, a psychiatrist or something. Like this is rough." Yeah. It is a it's a great book. This this
2: is probably going to be the book of the year, I think. Oh, you think so? Oh, I think so,
0: man. Oh, I don't know. Don't give an Eisner buzz. I don't know. Bzz. Is this one nominated for an Eisner, Greg? Uh no. You don't think so? Oh, I think it will be. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I thought you
1: said was not already? I was like, I think we just had the Eisners. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I but a, a book of the year nod this early is 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 wild. I but mean, it's so good. I did the same thing with Friday when it came oh, out. The year's but, almost yeah. over. And it's it'll only, be ra- I think it'll be, it's only three, right? I think so. Yeah. So it'll be wrapped up before the end of the year.
2: And it's, it's just Christian Ward. He wrote
1: it and did art. Mm-hmm. So I don't know.
0: What was the format of this? Is it normal? Oh, it's a big old boy. That's what I thought. It's yeah, a magazine.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's uh, 12 inches by 12 inches. It's way too big.
2: <laughs> yeah. you Remember when I brought in Masterplasty? It's uh-huh. that big. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> the size of my torso.
2: Yep. What else should you read, Greg?
1: Um, I think that's it for me, actually. Yeah, that's all I read this week.
2: Okay. Uh, I read a couple more. I read Wesley Dobbs' Sandman, which is the first of DC's three new Golden Age books. Uh, So this takes place in the 40s with the original Sandman, um, and it's just a straight-up noir story. Uh, He's looking for somebody who stole the... Failed experiments that he did when he was trying to create his sleep gas mm-hmm. um, that are just basically like a hundred different ways to make like cyanide gas or like mustard gas. Oh. <laughs> so,
1: way to go, Sam. Yeah.
2: So, somebody steals that and then burns down his house. So, the book's going to be him looking for them. Um, so, if you want a 1940s set noir story, mm. you've got
0: one. Written by friend of the pod. Robert Vendetti.
1: Yes. He's been on two times, I believe. I think so. He's our best friend. He's our bud bud.
2: Um, I also read A Haunted Girl by Ethan and Naomi Sachs. Um, this is about a
1: haunted girl?
2: A haunted girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The elevator pitch that, that Ethan writes in this is um a girl who a suicidal girl who doesn't want to live anymore is responsible for saving all of humanity. (laughs) What a twist. What a twist. Um, He said he wrote it after his uh, daughter was institutionalized for going through some depression and suicidal ideation. Um, So presumably this will be about, you know, overcoming that. uh,
1: Sounds like a pretty personal story. Well,
2: and she helped write it. Naomi's his daughter.
1: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that's incredible.
2: Yeah, so four issue series again. Cost of entry is pretty low. Mm-hmm. It was a really solid book. There, there's a lot of horror elements to it too. There's like a a haunting, both in the sense that like you are haunted by the demons that you can't see and demons that you can't see. Mm-hmm. So, right on. Super, super good. Yeah, that's great. Would recommend. Whoa.
0: Um, and then I also read American Psycho. I thought about getting this because. I think I I might have messaged you guys. Yeah. I remember being like, is this one of those things that's going to be worth like $300? And I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Uh, it seems like it could be one of those that things. That happened with your like cyberpunk
1: book or whatever, didn't it? John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> John sorry. Wick. Yeah. yeah.
0: But speaking of cyberpunk, I I just saw that book's been skyrocketing because- Of course. the one, one, DLC just came out for it. And two- they, I think they announced that they're going to do something with the trauma team. Yeah. Uh, Colin Bunn miniseries, I think. Oh. Didn't he write oh, it? Oh, he did. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, and we really, we covered that on the podcast years ago. And yeah. I, I loved that miniseries. We actually just got an email from Colin so wanting that... to
1: come on and talk about some stuff. Hell oh, yeah. So, oh. can we get him on for spooky time. Yeah. Dope. <laughs>
2: uh, so anyway, American Psycho, this is kind of an adaptation kind of a spin-off of the movie not necessarily the book by Bret Easton Ellis um but it it's it takes the point of view of like a guy who ends up seeing Patrick Bateman kill someone mm-hmm. but the guy himself is also not all there in the head mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm guessing this is is going to f- follow that same format where this guy is watching Patrick like slowly lose it over the course of, you know, that basically the climax of the movie. Yeah. Um, but there's also a spin on this too, where in present day there is like another American psycho, like showing up. So there's this girl who goes to a club and she almost gets raped, but she gets saved. Um, but then the, the guy who was assaulting her uh gets stabbed in an alley and someone drops that girl's ID on the dead body. Okay. So he the murderer is framing this girl. We don't know anything why. Mm-hmm. Um presumably those two stories will cross
1: over at some point. I I feel like this is a safe enough space to admit or share something. I've never seen this movie. Oh. It's fine. It's kind
2: of like a college bro movie where like,
1: bro, you've never seen Fight Club? That's the kind of like where I wrap it
0: in the same realm of just For sure. like. It's very much that Fight Club sort of fan where it's like. It's like this Donnie at, Darko, Fight at club. At the you time when you're younger and see it, you're like, whoa, this changed the way my brain chemistry works. But now you watch it and it's just like machismo bullshit. Yeah. And you're kind of like. This guy's not, like, nobody in Fight Club is a hero. They're all, like, fucking losers. It's it's yeah. the same way you watch, like, <laughs>
2: yeah. Starship Troopers. When, when you're young, you're like, yeah, this rocks. Uh, Look at him shoot that gun. And now you're like, oh, I get it. The military is really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing here. Okay, cool. So don't need to watch it. Perfect. It's a good movie. But the comic book is, is, it is also good. Oh, okay. It's, it's comparable to the movie. The thing, I'm glad it wasn't just a straight up adaptation of the movie.
0: I'll say that, that would have been boring. Yeah. More than a good movie, I would say th- this performance is what made Christian Bale Christian yeah. Bale a star. For sure. It's like an unbelievable performance. Yeah. And I I think he played the character in a way that like the writers like didn't expect. He had like kind of a different take on how like insecure this guy like mm-hmm. actually was. And that ended up like influencing the role quite a bit. Hmm.
2: And I'll I'll say this too. There this was the only cover they had at my shop, so I got what I got. Yeah. But there is a variant cover that's like
0: a still from the movie. I've seen that there, one.
2: There is that one. The one that I wanted was it, the whole cover is his business card from that scene in the movie. Oh, cool. And there's like a blood
0: splatter on it. Uh-huh.
2: Like, that's the one to have. Have
0: you seen the business card scene? It's, oh, it's parodied like yeah. to all hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, have, you I seen, have. have you seen the one where he draws the Sonic fan art? That's the yes. best one. I've seen the Pokemon card uh, yeah. I've seen <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything yeah. you can imagine. Okay, good. Such a lampoon scene. So.
2: American Psycho, and it's out on Sumerian, so it costs $5. All their stuff is so expensive.
0: Um, So one of the news thing I forgot to mention that I saw the other day was there's a lot of speculation that Hush is going to (laughs) be the villain in the newest Batman movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think the some of the creatives were on a podcast mm -hmm. and they kind of hinted at it and everyone was like They said, hush, hush. Oh yeah, you remember when there was like this whole online thing with the Riddler as like a promotion for the first movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the once every like the online community solved it, the Final thing you got was like a bunch of words that were like, be quiet, shush, like stuff like that. Oh, and so they were like, oh, this whole time that was like a clue for where they were gonna probably go with the next movie.
1: Sweet, hush would be cool. Yeah, hush is like an easy one to for sure. And it's, yeah,
0: it's a cool thing from Bruce Wayne's like familial past too. And I love that kind of aspect of bringing Gotham history into a movie in that way because. It, that's something I love so much about the Batman universe and series is that, like... He's hurt so many people. It, it's just that the the Wayne family and the imprint that they left on Gotham, but none of the movies have really, like, to my knowledge anyway, maybe some of the shows that I haven't seen have, but they really haven't, like, taken a backwards look at Gotham. Aside from, what was the TV sh- Was the TV show just called Gotham? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never yeah. watched that. Did you guys? No. I guess that was kind of the concept of that show. Was Bruce Wayne's a little boy in it? Yep. Yeah, I need to watch that. But yeah, love the idea of bringing like old world Gotham back into um, a new newer Batman movie. movies. Cool. Yeah. And then, so
2: snatch up your Batman eight oh six or whatever.
0: Yeah. And then
1: Gotham. The, sorry, TV, the TV show Gotham always seemed like the Muppet Babies version. It kind of was. Of the Batman universe. I never. Mini Catwoman, mini Poison Ivy. And it's like, what are we doing here? I never took it seriously. (laughs) What are we doing? I think
0: because of some of the imagery I'd seen from it like that.
2: Hey, we got our first live action Professor Pig in there. So I was a happy camper.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. I guess the Joker was cool in that. Jokers. Okay. Multiple, baby. And then Andy told us the other day that there is a. Um, this is
1: the funniest thing I've ever heard.
0: Lady oh. Hush, uh-huh. or a she Hush, if you will, <laughs> which has been shortened to Shush.
1: That's her name. It's her, Shush.
0: Her name is Shush.
1: I I don't which know I thought if that's a,
0: a bit. I thought it was a joke when Vargas texted us. He was like, and I was like, that's pretty good. I was like, that's really funny, man. Uh, <laughs> that is what it's called. But that I, issue came out. That this issue week. came out this week. It's the like Batman and Robin too. Yep. yep. So. Shush! Get your
2: shush first. get your shush first appearance. Get your shush first appearance. <laughs> I've been
0: pulling that book, so it'll oh, be. I, yeah.
2: I have decided to start calling her shush and regular hush. I'm gonna call him yeah. he, hush, he, he hush. hush. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> he shush. He shush.
1: <laughs> he shush. I am he shush. <laughs> hush.
2: <laughs> oh, good shit. Oh, is that it? Did that's cover it. All?
1: That's the whole stack. Wow. Well, thank you for going along with us on the journey of first issue club watch out on our socials this weekend where we will try to be dropping the breaking news from NYCC mm. as mm. it happens. But you can always tune in next week when we will be covering the retrospective of NYCC and all the hot breaking news that happened. Um, X-Men stuff will happen. Batman stuff will happen. It's all going to happen. So tune in next week to hear
0: about it. Hell yeah. Ah, and I'll be at LA comic con in a couple months. I don't think there's going to be as much news there. <laughs> but no, but you'll be reporting live. It'll be fun to report firsthand on, on yeah. the stuff that's happening there. So I'm looking forward to that. Love it. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Lichtig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club. And check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com firstissueclub.